The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino, and with me today are Rob Newell and Nathaniel James. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Kat. Good evening. <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers were home last week to host the Tennessee Titans at Levi's Stadium. The Jimmy G show continued its winning ways as Robbie, good as gold, kicked six field goals. His last 45-yard field goal came as time expired to propel the Niners to a 25-23 victory, extending their winning streak to three games. What do you think, guys? Is it officially time to get excited about this team? Yeah, I, I think absolutely it is. It's really exciting. Um, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're on fire, as I, I posted with the, the, the comment that I put on the uh the uh, Niner Empire um, GB, yeah, post. Um, we another confident performance from um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, it, it, it was, an, and it was a lovely scene to you know see um, almost afterwards. I know that I'm kind of talking about after what happened after the game, but with with him and John Lynch um, kind of embracing and kind of getting into you know re- really there seems to be a lot of excitement and it, it just seems to be like even when you after the game when even when um, Gold made that uh, final field goal and I went um, I do apologise to all, all all the faithful out there about the um, odd video that I put on um, my my Facebook but <laughs> it you know I I was you know I just wanted to express how excited I was around how from the whole the whole losing seasons that we've had to, to, to where we are right now. Um, it's exciting. It's exciting to see confidence and, uh, you know, excitement for the team really. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, you know, it's great to, to see the team back playing to, you know, a competitive level. Um, so yeah. What, what about you, Rob? What did you, what did you think? Three wins in a row. I mean, that's, what's that been four years since we've done that? Five years. That says it all, really. Um, I think what it really shows us is what a competent quarterback, if not, well, obviously Jimmy's probably better than that, but what a competent quarterback can can mask. In all the defeats we had earlier in the season, I think all those points that we were saying then are just as valid. But when you have a quarterback, you can can cover some of that up and, and make up for it. You still have a chance. I think what summed up for me was the play when Jimmy was, for all the world, looked like he was going to be sacked in the third down, and he managed to sort of slip out the pocket and find Trent Taylor for the first down to pass to the corner. And that's just, we haven't seen that in two, three years, and that's just, that was the quality of that move. Just It was almost, you could see it was Tom Brady-esque, because that's how he, that's what he's learned under. But mm-hmm. just a little move here, a little move there, away from the rush. Pass over the receiver and just keep the drive going, and it ended up being a field goal. I was j- just going to c- kind of add that I think you know it was good to sort of see what like even with the plays that that, that he called. Um, you know, I, I look, watched the post game interview with um, Shanahan afterwards, and he said that you know some of the plays that he were calling were calling sometimes. Um, Garoppolo wouldn't look in a particular place. He wouldn't, you know, sort of follow it. But it, it's almost, you know, there's almost a, a natural, you know, sort of movement to how he how he plays. And um, d- 
Dipak, I think he put on there that he was making comparisons to him being like Joe Montana. Um, <laughs> bit of a bold, you know, sort of statement, but very, very, you know, natural, natural rhythm, natural sort of posture in, in order to throw the ball. So, yeah, it was it was really, really good. Um, so, yeah. I think Deepak made a perfect um, statement by saying, you know, how exciting this is that Jim, he does compare Jimmy to Joe Montana because Joe Montana did exactly what Jimmy's doing right now back in 1980, where you take this struggling, you know, just awful, awful team and through sheer talent and, and you know, confidence and leadership ability, that's for me a big thing too, is that Garoppolo is showing a lot of good leadership ability, spreading the ball around and making the game exciting again. It's fun to be a Niner fan. Yeah, we're four and 10. It's fun to be a Niner fan, you know? I mean, you really enjoy the games. Garoppolo went 31 for 43 with 381 yards passing and one touchdown, 106.8 passer rating. Look at these receivers. Goodwin, 10 10 catches for 114 yards. Bourne had four catches for 85 yards. Hyde had two catches for 14 yards. Selleck, Selleck time, had three for 63 yards and a touchdown. Juszczyk had two for 16. Kittle had four for 52. Taylor had four for 40. Garoppolo had one for negative six. You know, uh, that's not the kind of play we want to see out of him. But <laughs> but he's showing that, that you know, again, like we said last week, that field of vision where he's hitting all this, the receivers he can. Yeah. I think the measure of a quarterback... Obviously, you've got your QBR, you've got your your stats, and his stats, I think he's the first quarterback to put those sort of figures up in his first three games in history, isn't he, for the 49ers, I believe. But, um, but the measure of a quarterback, really, is how, does he make the players around him better? And the receiving core that we've got now is arguably worse than it was earlier in the season when we had Pierre Garçon playing. And yet, as you just read out those stats for Goodwin, who's... Or, and the other ones, was it Kittle? Obviously, came out. we're finally using Juzak in the in the game a little bit more. But but for good, I mean, good wins on pace for a thousand yards. That's well ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, it's just Jimmy has come in and he's he's making those players who have basically looked average at best just a few weeks ago. He's making them look decent. And yeah. imagine him with a with a proper number one receiver, a proper. Mm. Option, yeah. I mean, which could happen. Who still like to get a fairly decent draft pick? <laughs> but, and um, proper protection on the O line. Absolutely, and it's just frightening what the potentially she's showing. Just in what two three weeks of learning, this is his assistant. It took Matt Ryan, who's an MVP, took him a year to to get a Shanahan system. This is after two or three weeks from from Jimmy. So. Yeah, which um, it kind of begs the. What, what the difference is in comparison to um, the uh, Patriots and um, their, their, their offensive scheme and how, you know, what, what, what the difference is in terms of complexity. Um, I think that it, w- one thing that you did mention, Rob, was around um, Juszczyk. And, you know, we've been talking about him and kind of his utilisation around, you know, where, where he should be in the correct kind of sort of places. He's, he's struggled this year, but, I mean, he, he's the first and only Niner to be voted to this year's Pro Bowl, mm-hmm. which, 
for me, I, I think it's really. I mean, last 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 game, I, I thought he played he played really really good football. This week seems to be a very similar sort of story. Um, with you know, and both the plays that he's made have been with you know, Garoppolo um, at that quarterback position. So, I, I guess in a sense, uh, and as you've mentioned, Kat, it's just utilizing the the wide receivers. We seem to be utilizing. Uh, Juice in in a lot more sort of places. He's making you know plays now. It, it, it's really interesting to see. I'm I'm just very very surprised. I, I guess you know the, the fans like him and everything in comparison to what he did prior to joining the Niners. But I'm I'm very surprised that he's you know <laughs> that he's made the Pro Bowl in, in when you can when you compare what what he's been like through the through the whole sort of season if you like. There'll be more than one forty nine in the Pro Bowl next year. Well, okay. we have four alternates as well, including Robbie Gold. So I think that a lot of that is the fans and the league um, seeing that, you know, the Niners are on the right track and they do have talented people because they uh, – now, I could be wrong, but back in the day when Steve Young was playing, you were voted on the Pro Bowl based mostly on your last season – you know, last year's performance moving into the beginning of this year, it wasn't always precedented so much on or predicated so much on what you've done in the last month. So, you know, I, that's kind of my feeling, but I don't remember Juszczyk being all that last year either. The fullback position is, is a very limited role in the league at the moment, isn't it? There isn't that much competition in the NFC for the fullback role. If you, to be perfect, nothing to take to take nothing away from Kyle. There's not many here that to choose from. Yeah, it's just not utilized the way it used to be. So that helps, obviously. And when you got players like um, D Buck, who obviously is competing against some very talented players, and to get in the defensive side of the ball, but players like D Buck and Foster are going to be in the very well before too long. Yeah, the name is going to be out there, and the fans do well the name recognition rather than performance recognition. Mm-hmm. Like you say, Cat. To be honest, but the more the better this team does, the more national TV it's going to get, and the more the more profiles going to be raised with the likes of Butler and Foster and Armstead and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And as exciting as this team is right now in the moment, we still have opportunities for improvement. We had 23 first downs. Our third down efficiency was a 50%. We, we converted seven for 14. Uh, we, I don't even think we went for it at all on fourth down. Um, yards looked pretty good, 414, uh, 51 rushing, 363 passing. But again, there are those penalties, seven penalties for 70 yards. And our red zone efficiency, which is still 25%. So Kev Nalen asks, can we get some sevens, not three, please? What do you think? Should we be concerned that we still can't seem to get into the end zone regularly? Uh, you're always concerned if you're not scoring enough touchdowns. Um, it helps have a, a kicker who's not missing. Was it 20 in a row he's made now? But, um, it does seem automatic from 50 yards or in at the moment. So that's very very consoling when you know you're not perhaps struggling to get into the end zone. But, um, yeah, we want to see more points. We've played some decent defences. Obviously, the Titans are not a bad defence. We've got a good one coming up at the weekend as well. But, yeah, we want to see touchdowns. We want to see certainly more touchdowns. And, um, better, like we've already hinted, perhaps better offensive play, better 
options next season as well to give just to get in there and, and give Jimmy some options in the passing game and and open up more holes in the running game. I think that'll happen. That we've got to bear in mind this is a work in progress. This for Jimmy, it's what two weeks of learning and in three three games now, it's going to come. He's done this in five weeks exposure to the system. More touchdowns will come. I'm sure of it. He's he's thrown what one touchdown on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. It's not Brady touchdowns esque as it were. So um, it will. It certainly is coming. And he's throwing for 314 odd yards, whatever it is. It's you just need the the big play and to fall into place. Yeah, and it's it's quite difficult to know what you know what 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 what's really going wrong at the moment um i guess it varies i think that obviously we've we've had this question and and it kind of goes back to you know in those positions where they're they're running positions and we're still and and i'm not saying that you know we've we've not seen some production from carlos Hyde this year but has it been enough um in those positions where we need to get touchdowns rather than um kind of just just field goals um I, I agree with you rob i think that we, we do need to see a lot more sort of um within the red zone um it it's hard to know what what what's really i mean as i say um very young kind of in in, in a team in terms of the receiving kind of core um i think you know we, we do kind of rely on on um obviously marky's good win um especially in, in that sort of deep threat position. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's it's difficult to know why, we, you know, as I say, we just end up getting um, field goals and that, you know, in a sense, we, we really we really need touchdowns um, mm-hmm. in that position. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as long as we keep winning on field goals, we'll be happy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so just, look at, look at some of it. Go ahead. Like you said, we're four and ten now. Um, the start of the year, some of us, including myself, made some rather daft predictions of what the final prediction <laughs> may be. I'll hold my hands up and say I was way out. But, um, but it's just a what-if question. If if we'd have got Jimmy Garoppolo or a decent, competent quarterback, but Jimmy's coming and won three in a row. But there was that period of five games where we lost by 13 points combined. What if Jimmy had played... Most of the season in those five games. We have won those five games. Probably. So yeah, then we're I think sitting so. here at what nine and seven right now, or nine and nine and four. Would it Poten- be potentially thinking about wow, we could make the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's not to hide the other issues because everything else—the running game issues, the receiving, some of the defense secondary issues—they're still there. But just having one quarterback could turn four and ten into. Nine and five right now with yeah. two games to go, and we could be looking at ten and six, eleven and five, and like you say, wild card or just just to sort of emphasise the the importance of having a, a viable quarterback in the league. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I think that you know, kind of, um, I think we, we focused on offense, but defensively, I mean, the the, the defensive line play played quite well um, on Sunday. I guess the the, the difficulty was that we were still kind of. Um, the corner position is still kind of a, a struggle, and there was some situations where um, we had um, 
Walker and Matthews, you know, uh, Delaney Walker and uh, Matthews um, making plays um, in those sort of positions. So, again, it's it's difficult when we're, you know, we're still not completely there and they're, they're able to make those plays. Um, and, it, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting with the up-and-coming game on, on, on the Sunday with uh, the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Well, to the defense's credit, DeForest Buckner led the team this week with seven solo tackles and two assists. That was one assist in front of of Foster. Um, And for special teams, let's give them a shout out because the Titans didn't start any of their drives beyond their own 25-yard line. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, that's real cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, again, brick by brick, we are moving in the right direction, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to questions from our group, uh, Simon Holdsworth asks, looking at the future, what are people's expectations that our record will be next year? 500 or higher? I think you're looking just above 500. I think if you can get 9 and 7 or something like that next year, I think we'll all be very happy with that. Um, I think it's going to be dependent on a lot of things, really. It'll be dependent on, um, A, who 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 we draft, um, and B, which free agents? Because I think, you know, we got to look at this from the, the the whole perspective. I mean, you know, the way that we're playing, and and to think about it, you know, some of the the up and coming free agents that you know that we're gonna that are potentially going to be interested um, in playing for for the Niners. It, it's going to be an interesting time. So, I think, yeah, definitely. Rob, I agree with you. We are probably going to be over 500. Um, but, and yeah, it, it would be good. But I think it, it'll be an interest. It will just be dependent on what happens. And I think, you know, already thinking about the off season and getting excited for next, next, next year. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see, really. <laughs> <laughs> People are making comparisons to Garoppolo to Montana and. Shanahan and Bill Walsh when he took over, but in that first year with Montana and Walsh, we were two and fourteen, I think. If I'm right, I mean we're already yeah. four and ten now, aren't we? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what Montana's second year record was, but it'd be nice to <laughs> eclipse that slightly again, wouldn't it? That would be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rory Skirfield asks, uh, am I the only one not totally sold on Garoppolo? I'm happier to have Robbie G on the roster than Jimmy G. What do you guys think? Rob, do you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> Are we getting too excited about Garoppolo? I think it's the, um, in the, in the first one. First of all, to answer the question, no, I don't think so. Um, that's not to be little Robbie G. I think he's probably our MVP of the season. I think we'll probably come back to that later in one of the questions. But um, but the lack of quarterback play or decent quarterback play from probably, well, you could argue the Kaepernick era or even the Alex Smith era before that, when you're starved of a quarterback play, when you get someone who looks halfway decent, it's difficult not to get excited. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's the same squad, basically, what we had with Brian Hoyer and CJ Beathard, and we struggled. That's not to be little what they did in any way but you get Jimmy's come in and with the same cast and looks to have elevated everyone around him and it's difficult to not to put a price on that really yeah um 
yeah, I agree with you, Rob. I think that I'm I I don't I don't see how you can't get excited about Garoppolo. I mean, he's the first Niner um, <laughs> that's had back to back 300 yard games um, since Jeff, Jeff Garcia in 2000. And uh, yeah, some quite some statistics. I think that you know, <laughs> think about who he has around him. Um, and, and all right, I've I've meant we we mentioned quite a lot around uh, Marcus Goodwin um, and obviously Juszczyk, but you know. He has a very, very young team around him, and in, in terms of you know the receiving core, um, they're they're not anything you know sort of you know, and I'm not trying to say that they're and um, that they're developing, but they're not you know they're not sort of <laughs> they're not on the number one wide receiving core. So uh, yeah, I, I I think that you know we need to take into perspective and look at the <laughs> what what he's what he's done and how he is. Um, very very similar to in a sense some of the patriots when you know when um when brady um was uh suspended um similar you know he didn't have exactly the best wide receiving core but i think yeah i'm not sure what (laughs) simon's looking for in terms of what you'd what you'd want from that sort of position in terms of a, a quarterback so um yeah um, I'm, I'm sorry, I, 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 I don't see how you can't not, not get excited about um, next season and the future. But uh, yeah. I, can, I, I get what where Rory's coming from. It's really hard to um, to commit yourself to someone like Garoppolo. Not that I haven't already, which I have. We all know this, but. I mean, we've had such heartache over the years, and it's it's been so hard these last few years being a Niner fan and trying to root for this quarterback. And, you know, now we're all excited because, you know, Garoppolo is doing some great things and really making a pile of doo-doo smell like roses. And, you know, you get, you get kind of caught up in that hype. So I I understand where he's coming from. I kind of feel like, yeah, I got to reel back and be cautiously optimistic. But, you know, I'm on the bandwagon with Garoppolo. I'm sorry. (laughs) The real issue is there feels like there's some uncertainty about where he's going to be long term at the moment. I think that's the only thing that sort of holds people back for me. And if if Jimmy, once we know what the contract is going to be, it's signed, I think. I think everyone will be a lot more happier. <laughs> I think people are worried that he, that he came in as trade bait, possibly, or mm-hmm. was obviously he's coming in under the rookie contract he was on originally, and we shall see what happens in, the, in that one year that's left afterwards. But um, you'd think there's going to be a I mean, from everything I've seen from John Lynch as GM, I think I think I trust him at the moment. So I like say brick by brick in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I exactly. Think, I think in someone like Lynch, we got a character-driven guy who's going to do the right thing. Jason Argo asks: Will Dante Johnson, Carlos Hyde, and Eric Reed all leave on current form? I'd happy be. I'd be happy to keep Reed. I think we've talked about Reed and Hyde leaving before. I don't think Johnson's come up in the in the conversation. Um, it's it's hard to know, really. Um. um I agree with Jason's question. I think Eric Reed may well stay. I think leadership in the in the defensive secondaries and and Hyde can play. Not Hyde, um, Reed can play sort of hybrid safety and uh, linebacker role, can he? As well, so I, I think that would be a useful thing to have back there. 
Um, I've said many a times I want Saquon Barkley in the draft. So I stand by that. No There's that name me. again. <laughs> um, if we do, if we do draft a running back in that first round, or even or move back into the first round to take a running back, then I think we can safely say goodbye to Carlos Hyde, and that'll be the end of of that. But going into a contract year, anyway, it's not been the most productive contract year. We've had some good games, still like the Seahawks games, but um, I. Oh, my gut feeling is that that Hyde's gone, and Johnson probably. Yeah, but Eric Reid, I think they may do something. I think if they were, I mean, this the GM and coach have made it have made it clear that they're prepared to sh- shift people on at any point during the season, it seems. And um, with the Bowman move earlier in the year, and people were saying that Hyde and Reid could be gone. Around that time as well, and I think um, I think they might be looking at Reed slightly differently, but um, just from what he's produced over the last few weeks. But can't have you anything to add? Uh, I think Eric Reed will stay. To be honest, um, I think I think he's going to be an integral part of our defense for a while. Hyde probably gone. Um, Johnson, I'm not 100 percent sure about. Yeah, so it's sure it's about. yeah, it's one of those you know it could go either way. Yeah. Um, I I I think I it's safe to assume that it's going to be a very busy off season. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. I think, I think we'll be doing a post free agency show. <laughs> Kim S. God Sorensen, I hope I said that correctly. I'm sorry if I did not. He has asked, how are people feeling about Marquise Goodwin? Losing his infant son before the Giants game, losing his father last Wednesday. He has matched his numbers over four years in Buffalo in the first 14 games with the 49ers. For all the praise our rookie class is getting, I think he has been a brilliant find by Shanahan Lynch and Adam Peters. Marquise Goodwin, um, what what a character. What a... What a hero to the to the team. Um, what what a player. I mean, I the last few games since the since the Giants game. Well, no, I think just throughout the season, I don't think there's there's been you know a, a bad game that he's played really, and the the the, the upset that he's had um, through throughout the, the <laughs> throughout this season. Um, he's. It's just it's it's overwhelming, really, the way that he's playing. The 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 you know what what he's done when he's had these celebrations. It's it's yeah. What 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 a find by um, Lynch and Shanahan, um, and to to get that that contract. Uh, yeah, brilliant. I, I I'm you know I think he's just. I mean, even right at the start of the season, I I mentioned that there was that. Um, that was there was that kid who had a brain tumor and um, just sort of was saying about some of the difficulties um, and adversities that that he'd had with some of his other family members and just spoke about you know you know and he, he was kind of just sort of providing you know kind of quite inspirational words to to the child so again I mean it, it go it works the whole way through from from a player to a character off the field. Um, yeah, inspirational, um, fantastic player. As a football player, I think Goodwin 
is amazing. He's got the one thing that coaches always say they can't coach, which is pace. And he's one of the quickest players in the league. You see it on end run, end around runs. You see him going deep down the middle. All right, he's dropped a couple early in the season, but he's made up for that recent weeks. As a as a person, I mean, I don't think you can say enough about what he's done in recent weeks. I mean, especially going to that Giants game. I'm glad the question came up, really, because. I wanted to say at the time, but was, a few things came up and Maya wasn't able to come on the podcast. But um, to lose a child in in pregnancy like, like his wife did and to, um, and to come out and play football the, to the quality, to the level he's done is amazing. I've, I've been in that situation where we've lost a child at that stage and I couldn't have done that. Um, yeah. The strength that he showed to, just, to be able to play not, not not just play, but play very well. I mean, I think it's it's just amazing what he what he did there, and and I hope nothing but the best for his family going forward. You know? but, yeah, absolutely. And I certainly hope he's with us for a good long time because I think he's a really good match for Garoppolo, and I think um, he's the kind of person we want having representing the 49ers. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. On that note, let's move on to this week's game. Christmas Eve, Jaguars come to Levi's Stadium. The Jaguars have been one of the surprise teams of the league this year with the talents of rookie Leonard Fournette, who has uh, 231 carries for 923 rushing yards this season. Blake Bortles has become a vastly improved quarterback, especially in the last three games, posting a quarterback rating of 119.8. 123.7 and 143.8 in those games, raising his overall quarterback rating to 89.7 for this season. The Jags are currently sitting on a record of 10 and 4 or heading into the playoffs for the first time since 2007. And yes, I am in my little corner secretly celebrating. <laughs> so, boys, what do we think? How, are we going to be able to put up with these uh, these kitty cats and take them on at our field <laughs> um, first of all with the Jags I'd like to say um, I'm also secretly happy for them <laughs> um, I did without wishing to sound like name dropping I met Blake Walls at the NFL International Series game a few a few years ago and he is a really nice guy and he spent a lot of time talking to kids and signing for anybody who wanted to talk and so fair play to him and I know he's been panned a lot in recent years, so to see him bounce back a bit and sort of prove a point, I'm quite quite happy to see. But then, um, the Jaguars' defence is something very special. Possibly the best defence in the league this year. I think they're probably ranked number one right now, along with the Vikings. I think they are, yeah. Um, that is going to be a tough unit to score on. You've got to be honest. But, um, and we said the Jaguars' offence... They're putting up points against teams that are struggling. The Texans are a struggling team. They put 45 on them at the weekend. The 49ers' defense has got some life in it still. So this could be an interesting matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Um, obviously, I think, you know, Jaguars, it's nice to... 
see, I mean, it's this team. I mean, the last time the Niners played was a very different story against the Jaguars. They played in London in 2013, I think it was, from what I was reading on um, the NFL app. So, totally different team. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I think that, obviously, as you've mentioned, Rob, um, their defence, yeah, very <laughs> strong defence. Um, Calais Campbell <laughs> is basically somebody that we're going to obviously have to watch. Um, we are going to have to, uh, from you know the the offensive line, from our perspective, they're you know they're going to have to. Our the offensive line is going to have to hold. I think that's going to be quite quite difficult, even with um, the um, loss of Trent Brown now going out on. Um, Injury, well, it's uh, injury reserve, isn't it now? So, season-ending surgery. Um, I think that um, obviously we, we, we're we're going to have. Um, I think there's been a lot of issues with people sort of saying things about um, Bortles um, around his, you know, whether or not he's. People have always stated that, you know, well, the Jaguars are a team that are, you know, one a quarterback away from, you know, making, you know, making the playoffs. They're into the playoffs now. Um, I think he's had a obviously had a good good season. Um, he's had um, two consistent um, well, he's had a consistent wide receiver in Cole. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I think that they're going to push because they're in um, a, a wild card position, and they're obviously going to come very similar to um, how um, the Titans came in terms of um, making it a game for us. Um, yeah, uh, interesting, interesting game. Um, they're on, and as I say, they're on a three-game winning streak. So, um, with, which obviously it's very, very similar to us. Um, I, I think, as I say, we'll just have to see what you know whether um, the offensive line can contain there. You know their defensive line, if you like. So, yeah, uh, cat. It's definitely, it's definitely going to be a game of matchups. The Jaguars are averaging 219 yards passing this season per game. So, it's not like they have this incredible um, passing offense. But you've got Leonard Fournette, who is just a beast, and they're he's you know the, the team as a whole is averaging over 149 yards rushing per game. They're in first place in the NFL on that stat. They're averaging 26.7 points per game, fifth in the NFL. Uh, you know, if you had asked me a year ago. I would have said, I, yeah, right. This isn't going to happen anytime soon. Um, I'll be honest. I've always had an AFC team. I've always had an NFC team. That NFC team has always been the 49ers. The AFC team for a very long time was the Raiders until they left me when I was 13 years old for Southern California. And I went without an AFC team until the Jaguars came into the league in 1995. So I have watched them for a very long time. So to see them get to where they are now is, especially after the year they had last year, is very exciting. But being the devil's advocate that I am, they are also in a very weak division. They're not in a high-powered division. You know, it's not... You're not comparing the Patriots and the Steelers. You're looking at, you know, you've got the Jaguars, you've got the Titans, you've got the Colts, who without Andrew Luck have proven they're really not very good anymore. Um, I don't know, guys. I think even though we're opening as underdogs, four-point underdogs, 
I think we can take this team. I, th- I think the thing is, we've got to, if if we play with the confidence that, that we have been playing, I think, as I say, I think the offensive line is going to struggle with that defensive line. Um, be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, they're going to have two two games. This is going to be their second to last game. Whether or not they rest any of the players, I'm not trying to look for it, excuses, if you like. You know, if the Niners are confident and composed and they're able to do it, um, then, yeah, there's no reason why the Niners can't make a game of it. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 it'll be just um, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens on, on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with um, both of you, what you're saying in various bits. The um, You made a good point, Nathaniel, about the Jaguars coming in like the Titans. I think the Titans and Jags are very similar teams in terms of quality. To be honest, I mean, it's like a slightly different offences, admittedly, but I think they're very similar teams and it's not a great division cat, you're quite right. Um, how and matchups, certainly, I think how we game plan this one is going to be interesting. The Jaguars defense, yes, you've got Calais Campbell and Marcel Darius in the middle. You've got Miles Jack playing linebacker, and you've got probably the best two cornerbacks in the league. So Goodwin's going to have his hands full, but do we look for like George Kittle and Carrick Selleck? We look for screens out in the backfield. If we can move the ball, find a way to move the ball, we, we can we can certainly keep pace with this team, and we have the best kicker in the league, probably. Yeah. Well, and I think that's where Garoppolo's quick release his his vision downfield is going to play to our advantage because the defense won't be the jaguars defense won't be as much of an issue for us because they won't have that time to get that pressure on there then if our defense can can stuff and keep leonard fournette from getting loose i think we'll be sitting really pretty yeah yeah, and I think that we, we're going to have to, and, and as we've mentioned earlier around this, um, you know, red zone and get, getting a, get, getting the seven points instead of the three, that's going to be crucial, especially against this team that have, you know, have just won, they, they've just beaten the Texans 45-7 um, last week. So, we, yeah, we're just going to have to... We want to, we want to win this game. We're gonna, or at least compete with this game. Then we're just gonna have to make the, the nine is gonna have to make touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put too much stock into the Texans result. I think the Browns beat the Texans right now. <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> you take away the num- number of players that they've lost. JJ Watt and Deshaun Watson. That, yeah. That ripping that team apart right now yeah they're not the team that they could have been that's for sure no no but, um, they're a decent team but we can we can certainly keep pace with them if it's, if it's a tight game we know we can rely on our, our special teams well and the so Jaguars are allowing an average of under 15 points a game so if they're going to hold us to 13 points a game can we hold them to 10 points a game I did, I did see a stat with them that if the opponent scores under 20, they're, they're, they're like 9-1 and one over the last couple of years. But if the opponent scores more than 20, they are 1-6 one and, one and six or something. So 20 seems to be the number. If we can find 20 points somehow. How many field goals is that? <laughs> <laughs> it might come to that. Seven <laughs> would get us there. <laughs> That's what we need, seven field goals. 
Well, he is good as gold. Okay, so I think it's time for two, the two-minute drill. I've got two minutes on the clock. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Ready. Hey. All right, let's go. Nathaniel, the win over the Titans moves the Niners to 4-10. and 10. With the Jags at home and then a trip to L.A. to face the Rams, what do you see our final season record being? Well, we know it, so we're 4-10. Uh, four four and, and four, 4 and 10. So... Uh, I think that we are going to be, uh, yeah, five, five, potentially 5-11. Five and 11. Rob, having seen Garoppolo now and how he has played, what draft picks would you have given up to get him? Um, would we give up, up a second for him? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm happy with that. I might have <laughs> given up a, a lower pick as well. That may be a, a fourth, maybe, but I think a second from what we've seen so far. It's only three games, so with the potential to increase to a first round and what if it keeps going. Nathaniel, does the form of Goodwin since Garoppolo has been starting decrease the need to take a wide receiver high in the draft? Does it take a, does it decrease the need? Oof. Um I no, I no, I think that we could we probably need somebody in the you know late later rounds potentially. I, I think we could still develop um, a, a young wide receiver. Okay, Rob, who will be the team MVP at the end of the season? Robbie Gold. Okay, Nathaniel, Christmas trees real or fake? Uh, I've got a fake one in the uh, in the in my living room, but I do. Uh, like, there's nothing like the smell of a real one. That's for sure. So a real one. <laughs> Rob, what's your favorite and least favorite chocolate from the tub of celebrations? Um, caramel would be my favorite. But I'd say bounty would be my least favorite. <laughs> Nathaniel, Christmas pudding or Christmas cake? Oh, Christmas cake with the um, the icing and the fruit. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> Rob, last one. Sprouts, yes or no? No. Those last few questions were courtesy of Brian Davis. All right, you guys. So what do we think about this game this week? What are your predictions? I'll say we win. I'm not certain, but I'm going to say Niners win because why not? Niners to win. Let's go four in a row. Nice. Um, oh, I think we're, it's going to be an interesting game. Um, I think it'll be a close one, another close one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say we're, we're, we're still at home, so and we, we're, we're, we're on a. We're, there's no reason that we can't compete. So, yeah, why not? Let's go. Seven field goals. Yeah, <laughs> come on, come on. Yeah, let's go Niners. We've got to win. We've got, we've got to be, be you know. We, we, they're showing confidence right now in terms of how they're performing. So we've got to continue with that 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 confidence in our in our team. So yeah, I'm saying the Niners will win this 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 weekend, but it'll be a very close game. Well, this is not a Christmas present for me because these are my two favorite teams. But the Niners are always going to be first in my heart. I say Niners by four. And that is our show. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thank you to our friends Mark Lyon, Andrew Mitchell, Deepak Gohill, Paul McDonald, Rob Newell, Daryl Nils-Hanman, and Graham Ross for all the work they do on the group and the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NinerEmpireGB and on the Facebook 
check the groups, Niner Empire GP. Be sure to check out Rob's Frequency 49 blog on Podbean or your favorite podcast site. You can also email us at Frequency49show at gmail.com. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Goodbye and happy Christmas, everyone. Yeah, goodbye and Merry Christmas to uh, everybody, faithful, uh, local and internationally. (laughs) (laughs) On behalf of Rob Newell and Nathaniel James, I'm Kat Victorino wishing you all the happiest of holidays. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now.